Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. Every Tuesday, we set aside a segment of the show to talk about NOLA Coalition and all of those organizations that are working uh, with one another, collaborating, trying to make a difference in our community and today's no different. We're joined by Sarah Bell. She is the chief uh, of the industry exposure and experience at Youth Force NOLA. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. So um, if you would, Sarah, for the benefit of our listening audience, tell us a little bit about Youth Force NOLA and your programming. Yeah, sure. So Youth Force NOLA serves as the engine for career-connected learning here in New Orleans. So we work to expand options and opportunities so that all of our public high school students are ready for whatever future they choose. So we really focus on making school more relevant and engaging for our young people by connecting what they're learning in the classroom to careers that young people might be interested in pursuing after graduation. So we have programs uh, for our high school students like our Career Expo that is coming up in March, um, our Youth Force NOLA internship program in the summer. Um, we also you know, are doing work with schools directly to help them build out pathways for young people to be earning college credit while they're in high school for free, which is amazing because we know how expensive college is becoming. Um, our young people are also getting the opportunity to earn industry-backed credentials from local training providers, so earning the certifications that they need in high school so they can go straight to work if that's what they choose after graduation or take that into you know higher ed to just advance their learning. So we do a lot, um, but all in service of our young people you know, being able to engage in pathways that are going to lead to um, uh, promising and good careers when they graduate. So, Sarah, obviously you guys are collaborating with a lot of folks in industry. Uh, how does that work mm -hmm. out, and, and what has been the satisfaction level of the folks that y'all partner up with? Yeah, we cannot do what we do without local business partners. Um, over the years, we've had well over 250 business partners engage in various ways through our work. So anything from um, hosting a field trip of high school students to coming into a classroom as a guest speaker, 
We have our Career Expo that I mentioned, which is an opportunity for all of the ninth graders in New Orleans public schools to come to Lakefront Arena and engage with uh, a variety of businesses, understand what goes on day to day in the life of that company, hear about the career pathway of the folks that are representing the businesses. And then our internship program um, is an opportunity for businesses to take um, a 17-year-old, someone who's just going into their senior year for five weeks um, and really mentor them, give them a work-based learning experience um, so they can refine the skills that they have and uh, learn new skills along the way so that they are even more prepared for work. Um, we hear back from all of our employers that, you know, they they love our young people. They see kind of the, the glimmer in their eye, the enthusiasm that the young people are coming, you know, to them each opportunity that they get. Um, all of the data that we get back from our employer partners is very, very high. We have a lot of employers who come back and work with us year after year and really see partnering with us as an opportunity for them to impact and influence kind of the next wave of workforce in New Orleans, which is exciting that they see our high school students um, from our public schools as really viable options for uh, when they're looking to hire um, in the years to come. So it's, it's really exciting. So let's let's flip the script now and look at it from the perspective of, of the student. There, you know, there's a lot of students. Um, you know, I, I went to undergrad eleven years part time at night and worked the the entire time. Mm-hmm. So it, that was kind of the hand that was dealt me, and and that was the path that I chose. And I'm sure there are a lot of kids that are choosing that same path today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, college is getting very, very expensive. Um, and so for young people who choose to go to school, many go to college after high school, you know, many of them will need to work um, part time at least to be able to afford their tuition. Um, but we really see our work as giving young people kind of the full landscape of options. So if going to college is the right next step for them, we want them to go knowing what they're interested in, having some exposure to the career that they are going to strive for so that, you know, once they start college, they will persist throughout. Um, We know that some young people are not going to go to college right away, and so we want them to have the soft skills and technical skills to to have a job right after high school, and then, you know, hopefully it's a job and an employer that then will offer some sort of tuition reimbursement to help cover the cost. Like, there are lots of ways that young people are going to find success, Um, so we see our work as really setting them up for whatever is right for them in the best way possible i gotta imagine that it helps reduce you know uh, the amount of times kids are changing their major when they get into college i never forget when we were visiting places with Mm -hmm. my daughter was talking to students that were giving us you know the tour and this and that and Mm -hmm. they talked about they switched their major seven times i'm like seven times (laughs) i mean how can you you know did you not have right. a clue of anything that you wanted to do in life? And, and I got to imagine that, you know, you, when you think about things in the abstract is one thing, but when you actually go hands on, 
experiential learning. You get exposed to it. It it helps with your perspective and and where, what you think and an appreciation about what you think it is, right? Exactly. And we know that, you know, even just building relationships with folks who are a bit ahead of you um, in their career trajectory, understanding the path that they went and really taking the time to learn from them helps us make better and more informed decisions. So, you know, we want our young people, if they do choose to go to college, to, like I said, know what know what they're interested in um, and understand the steps that it takes to get there and also have a supportive uh, community around them of relationships that they've built over the years, um, whether it's, you know, teachers, school counselors, but also, you know, their uh, internship supervisor, folks that they can call on and go back to when they have questions, when they're trying to figure those things out for themselves. because we want them to, you know, pursue their interests, pursue their dreams, um, and feel really confident that they know how to to get there. So um, I know that you guys have an event coming up with Junior Achievement, and uh, for those that are listening uh, who actually know, you know, somebody that's age-relevant in middle school or high school, how can they get involved? Yeah, excellent question. So as I mentioned, we have our Career Expo on March 22nd, and that every year is in partnership with Junior Achievement of Greater New Orleans. And it's an opportunity for schools to bring all of their ninth grade students to Lakefront Arena. Um, Last year, we had over 70 local businesses attend. They set up tables. It's like super relaxed, hands-on environment for these ninth graders to just get this like wide range of exposure of the careers that we have here in the greater New Orleans area. Students are coming from about 8.30 in the morning to about uh, 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's an all-day event. We're expecting um, just about 2,000, a little over 2,000 students to make their way through the arena throughout the day. And so, you know, if you have a business um, that is interested in engaging with young people and sharing about the work that you do, we would love to have you join us. Um, the skill clusters that as an organization we really focus on um, are skilled craft, so kind of your traditional trades, construction, electrical, HVAC, um, also engineering, architecture. We focus with business services, so that's a pretty broad umbrella, um, office management, accounting, HR, Digital media and IT is another area of focus, so that can be the technical, um, you know, software development side, cybersecurity, also the creative, um, graphic design, marketing, and then health sciences as well, Um, and not just, you know, doctor or nurse, but also, you know, uh, radiologist or veterinarian, things like that. So, um, If you have a business that has 
careers in any of those fields, we would love to have you, um, our young people, as they go through this day, um, their eyes just light up as they hear about what's out there. Um, we're always looking, of course, for representatives that look like um, kind of the de full demographics of the city. We want our young people to know that um, our businesses are welcoming places, that they're open for um, engaging with folks that look like them. So we're, we're excited to have uh, as many local and regional businesses as possible for our young kids, our young students to engage with. Sarah, if folks are, are interested in participating, how do they reach you to get, uh, to get uh, more information? Yeah, the best place to go is our website, which is just youthforcenola.org. Um, and on the home screen, there is a link that says Get Involved. And there's lots of ways, as I mentioned, to get involved. Coming to the Expo, um, if you're interested in hosting an intern with us this summer, there's a link to get more information on that. Um, if you have a, uh, an 11th grader in one of our public schools here in the city and they're interested in being an intern, it's a paid opportunity for them to get uh, really great work experience. There's information uh, for them as well. Please share. Um, so lots of ways, but the website, youthforcenola.org, is the best way. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Sarah Bell, Chief of Industry Exposure and Experience at Youth Force NOLA. The upcoming Career Expo is um, in collaboration with Junior Achievement of Greater New Orleans on March 22, 2024 at the Lakefront Arena. And youthforcenola.org is where you can find out more information and contact folks there. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck on your uh, Career Expo event coming up. Thanks so much. Good talking with you. Alrighty, folks. That was Sarah Bell, Chief of Industry Exposure and Experience at Youth Force NOLA. We'll be right back after the break. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did welcome back folks so the latest nbc news poll reveals that president joe biden has a problem because on the issue of securing the border he trails donald trump by 35 points now all of a sudden and i quote he says we need help why won't they give me the help? Well, I don't think it's Congress's role to do what he's actually asking. What he is actually asking is for Congress to protect him from himself. He's had every opportunity to continue the successful programs that were in place before he took office, but no, he decided to take another trek. He decided to ignore the pleas for help from all of the border states. He decided to uh, dam uh, the, the torpedoes and torpedo every program that was actually providing relief at the border. And now it's though, all of a sudden, we get to December 31st of 2023, and on the morning of the of January 1st, 2024. Things are different. Yeah, what's different is we're in an election year, and they're paying close attention to these polls, and they're now trying to characterize this as the Republicans won't give me the help that I need to shut down the border. Well, wrong. People aren't going to fall for this, Mr. President. They're not going to fall for it at all. They know that you've had the authority to do a number of things. You just chose not to do it. You and Alejandro Mayorkas have created a crisis at the border. You refuse to call it a crisis. You refuse to give the assistance necessary to any of the border states in order to address this situation. And now your fellow Democrats in a number of the so-called sanctuary cities are turning their back on you. Because they're having to clean up your mess. And what they're actually saying to you is they're not willing to help you protect yourself from yourself either because they recognize that this is your dilemma not theirs and at some point in time it's going to get even worse for you on this front because everybody's trying to figure out creative ways on how to do it so for example in new york city hold on to your seat folks they now plan to give migrant families prepaid credit cards they're about to start a $53 million pilot program. It'll begin with a group of 500 migrant families in short-term hotel stays, and it will supply them with prepaid cards that can only be used at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, convenience stores. The illegal immigrants will be required, hold on to the, you see it again, because you're going to fall out of your chair, they're going to sign an affidavit. That's what they're going to sign, an affidavit swearing that they're only going to spend the money on food and baby supplies. Or, the big threat here, they're going to get kicked out of the program. But what they're not saying is they'll probably become eligible for yet another one. 
they're laughing all the way to the bank. So a family of four under this program could receive $1,000 a month. The pilot program is allegedly going to replace the current meal program for migrants. They're giving them $35 a day in this new program. Right now, they're currently paying about $11 per meal to feed the families. And they believe that they're going to be able to save money. They're going to run this like the food stamp program. What did we all predict? That this is exactly the path that this was headed to, right? So now the stopgap measure is going to be the pilot program until, you know, the state is going to be willing to put them on SNAP or the food stamp program, right? Did we not say this? And if this pilot program is successful, they their intention is to expand it to 50. They're starting with 500. They're going to expand it to 15,000 migrant families sheltering in hotels. Now, this mayor has said that he was willing for anyone in the world fleeing hatred and oppression that the ultimate city of immigrants wants you to remember you're always welcome here. Well, he's singing a different tune now. They're all singing uh, different tunes now as they're, the costs are racking up and they're not exactly sure what they're going to ultimately do about it. So let's talk about coming back home for a second as to where we are and what we're actually thinking about doing and what our new governor uh, is thinking about doing as well. So Jeff Landry goes down to the U.S.-Mexico border the other day with 13 other Republican governors to be briefed as to this particular standoff at this park at Eagle Pass. And this is meandering through the courts. And he says that he plans to send Louisiana troops to the Texas border and that ultimately uh, this is going to cost you, Louisiana taxpayers, money. But what we're not hearing, and I'm going to reserve judgment on whether or not this is a good idea or not, is what is the mission? What is the mission going to be? Is this just gaslighting so that we can say that we're part of this ideological bent that we feel compelled to to show that Louisiana stands side by side with Texas and we're willing to spend $3 million in order to do so? If that's the only purpose, it's not worth it. We don't need to do it. Just issue more press releases every day saying you stand side by side with the Texas governor, that we support them on this issue. What's the deployment going to be? How many? Right? The size? How about where? They're going to that park? That piece of geography is so important from a symbolic standpoint that it's worth Louisiana taxpayers having to pony up at least $3 million. I don't believe that number for a second either. I think you're going to have mission creep, and I think it's going to end up costing more. What is the role that we're going to ultimately play there? How about the duration? And again, the size. These are all things that should be revealed to you, me, and everyone else right now. Before this session starts, before there's a bill, 
And it may be in the special call, the special session. Who knows whether or not that's even appropriate to put it in there. I don't know. But all of that should be articulated now so that we can digest it. We can figure out whether or not, symbolically, we want to spend this money. Because I I really don't believe that there's going to be any significant impact that we're going to make at the Texas-U.S. border. Texas is in, is into this initiative for billions. Three million is not going it, to, it's a drop in the bucket as it relates to what they're ultimately going to do. But this is an example of whether or not we're going to decide that the best course of action for a state that ranks number 49 or 50 in almost every measurable standard that spending this money on this gesture is worth it for us. It's interesting that the governor says that this is about the rule of law, that we're going to send the guard in there to make sure that people follow the law. But yet, this rule of law must, that must be enforced mantra is interesting to me. Because if that's the case, we have that situation and that happenstance right here in the state of Louisiana. And it reveals itself in many different ways. And I'd love to see and explore the appetite of this governor as to whether or not he wants to deploy the Louisiana National Guard to help ourselves before we start helping others. He's talked about criminal justice system in the greater New Orleans area, in New Orleans, being in a shambles. His words, not mine. We've talked about sending 36, 40 state troopers. Well, if this is about the rule of law that must be enforced, why would we not take care of ourselves first? Why would we not consider the deployment of the Louisiana National Guard to enforce the rule of law in this state? It seems to me there are many ripe opportunities for the Guard to do a whole host of different things whether in an overt way or in a covert way. Why is it now that this particular assistance being given to the state of Texas being more important than us? These are all legitimate questions, I think. And as I said before, I will reserve judgment once these questions are answered about the mission, the deployment, Where are we going, the role that we're going to play, the duration, and the size? I don't know how anybody can guess a $3 million number without knowing all of these key ingredients to this deployment. So it seems to me either one, they've thought a lot about this, and they already know the answers to all those questions, and they're not revealing it to you, me, and all the other taxpayers in the state of Louisiana. Or they don't know. Hopefully it's the former and not the latter. And that they get off their duff 
and they tell us exactly what we're funding, what we're doing. Now, some of you may be saying, Noel, I don't understand you. You talk about this all the time. Yes, I do. I do talk about it all the time. But I'm not willing to engage in something for the sake of just saying we are engaging in it. It's got to be meaningful. It's got to be based on reason. It's got to be intellectually driven. There has to be positive outcomes that are going to happen as a result of our effort. Because any time that we ask the taxpayers of the state of Louisiana to finance an operation like this, I believe that it's important that all of these particulars get articulated now, not later, so that everyone has an opportunity to call their senator, call their representative, to let them know where they stand on this issue. If we fear that, we're in the wrong business. We'll be right back. On a text line, at least Jeff Landry is willing to try to help Governor Abbott to help try to secure the southern border. Bell Edwards, the only governor in the south that refused to call out lawless Biden out over this border disaster. The Republican governors are trying to help their own state in ending this madness. Is everyone, including so-called Republicans, going to keep bitching about Landry over every damn thing? Oh, my God. Uh, I just don't think that we should be embarking on this mission without sharing with you, me, and others, and taxpayers in the state of Louisiana as to what our role is going to be. What is the deployment? What are we doing? What's the size? What's the duration? And what is the ultimate cost going to be? I, I don't think that that's a lot to ask for. I also said I would reserve judgment on this, but as it stands right now, I really wouldn't be behind this endeavor. For those very reasons, because they're not sharing the information necessary for us to decide whether or not this is a good deal for us. I don't want to get into the symbolic warfare about things. I don't think that's a positive way to spend taxpayer dollars when we have so many different challenges here in the state of Louisiana. I just don't think it's smart. Do, do I have empathy? For Texas, absolutely. I've talked about this probably more so than any talk show host in the city of New Orleans about this issue because of the role that I played with major county sheriffs serving on the Homeland Security Committee, getting deep into the details of immigration policy in this country and how it works and how it doesn't work. In this most recent bill that everybody's trying to say that everyone needs to get behind and we don't really want to resolve the issues doesn't resolve anything in fact to the contrary it will help foster more illegal migration let's go to carlos on line one carlos welcome to the show good morning sheriff good morning to uh, to all the listeners listen i just want to chime in into this issue with with this uh, migrant issue what's the whole point what do you think three million dollars is going to do it's not going to do absolutely nothing absolutely nothing so it's wasted money i back what you uh, what you just said there's more important things in this state that we need to be taking care of as opposed to sending the national guard over there i'm fine if, if he wants to send the national guard but state the mission of the national guard over there i think that the the, the 
the mission of the National Guard throughout the, this nation is that they are to protect their own state. I believe that when I was in the military, I was taught that. And as I went through school and college in this state, in this country, I learned that the mission of the National Guard of the United States military. Okay. But now my question is this, uh, Sheriff, where's the other 10 states that were there? What support are they given to Texas? A and number of the them are issue, sending a number of them are sending guard members in, in all and on fairness. And the other to, issue that you talked about earlier, the monies that, that are being are, are going to be given, why? What for? They're not our responsibility. We didn't ask them to come over here. Send them back, man. Send them back. Send them back the way they came. Send them back. It sounds harsh and cruel, but we didn't ask them to come over here. Send them back. What's the problem? Why can't we send them back? Are we afraid? Carlos, I think you and I have talked before, if my memory serves me correct. Um, Correct. uh, You're Hispanic, correct? I am. And I think you're second generation, right? I'm a second-generation Hispanic that I was raised in this country. My my parents came here in 1957, and mm-hmm. we did we did it the right way. My brothers and my sister, my brother and my sister, we came the right way. My cousins and other kin came the right way. We didn't ask for any given handouts. I never have asked the government for any handouts because I've always taken pride. I served in the military for 30 years. I have 14 surgeries in my body from three different military conflicts. I don't expect the government to do anything for me. I serve because I want it. And so I have the right to voice my opinion on that. Oh, absolutely. And Carlos, the point where the question that I wanted to get to is that you interact, uh, you grew up in the Hispanic community, those that waited for years to be able to come to this country. Are they similarly minded like you are about what you're articulating today? That's correct. That is so very correct. The problem is with us Hispanics, I think I have a very good grasp on the English language as well as the Hispanic language. However, we have Hispanic radio stations here that don't address these issues because we don't have programs such as yours. We don't have them. Okay? So that's why these Hispanics cannot come out and say, we support non-illegal immigrants here. Do you you feel like that there is momentum mounting uh, towards your way of thinking, uh, obviously a lot of the polls re- reflect that that Joe Biden's position on this he's falling out of favor and he's not polling very well. He's been falling out of favor with a whole slew of Hispanics. Take polls in Florida, take polls in, in Texas, take polls in 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 in, uh, in California, in New York. People are fed up with this nonsense. The correct Hispanic, the correct, well-educated, tax-paying Hispanics. They don't want our taxes. I don't want my taxes going to somebody that I don't know. uh, What's his background or what's her background? I don't. I don't. I'd rather give it to somebody here, okay, that I can reach out and touch. I can't reach out and touch those people because I don't know who they are. And the same thing, a, a whole 
heck of a lot of Hispanics throughout this country, legal immigrants, legal citizens of this country that are Hispanic. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the call, Carlos. Appreciate you calling in. Best of luck to you, and thank you for your service to this country as well. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. When we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with Clinton Rick Hathaway. He is the new director of public works for the city of New Orleans, and we'll talk about big projects being done now and others on the books for years, like for a year, this year ahead of Super Bowl and how they intend to address key complaints of citizens. And then on the back half of the 12 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Kassan Corbin, Director, Sewage and Water Board. We'll talk about what happened Saturday evening. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. This is Newell on WWL. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.